0: Hello and welcome to the Health in Europe podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bianchi. We've launched this podcast to bring you the latest on WHO's work in the European region. Our region is broad and diverse. From the mid-Atlantic and stretching as far as the Chinese border, we work with fascinating and driven individuals and groups. This podcast is about hearing their stories and how they might impact your day-to-day life. Quality of care sounds simple, but can be quite complicated as different people may have different expectations of healthcare systems. But one thing's for sure, patient safety and ensuring the best quality care is a key part of WHA's work in the European region. In order to better understand and improve quality of care, WHA Europe, along with the European Observatory on Health Systems and Policies, has been working on a series of webinars highlighting their importance. Dumi Pantelli is a programme manager at the observatory. I started by asking, what do we mean when we talk about quality of
1: care? It is an excellent question, and I think one that's given us a bit of a, of a headache uh, in the past, because what we find is that different institutions, different scholars, different practitioners understand it a little bit differently, and so you may be talking about measuring quality and I might be understanding something else. Um, I think uh, what what we've been thinking about at the observatory is that a, a simple way to look at it is this. When we talk about the quality of health services. Uh, Good quality services are those that are safe, effective, and person-centered. Now, if we look at the health system perspective, it's clearly also important that um, these services um, are made accessible, and that access to the services is timely and equitable, and that they are delivered efficiently and without exposing users to financial hardship. So we understand all of that more as the health system performance, And when we zoom in into the health services area we say the three dimensions of safety effectiveness and person-centeredness are actually key and just to just to mention because this is an important discussion this issue of patient-centeredness can also encompass elements such as integration for example so uh uh, this is the understanding that we have used also in our 2019 uh, study on quality of care, on improving quality of care in Europe. Um, uh, but, I, but I'm sure that if you talk, for example, to a uh, quality assurance department at a big provider organization, they will tell you that, yes, safety, effectiveness, person-centeredness, but also efficiency is very important. So, you know, th- this is a little bit of a of a flexibility there in how we define quality. We have our understanding, and this is the one we use, but it's good. And important to know that maybe others see it differently.
0: Okay, so in a way, it's almost uh, time and money in terms of making sure people are serviced and, and that it doesn't doesn't cost cost too much. <laughs>
1: It, it, yes, I think again. I think in our in our narrower pr- perspective, I think we really focus not on the cost element so much. So we leave that to the broader health system performance considerations. But when we talk about health services, and in particular, I mean the the, the important point to make here is that our work is usually geared at policymakers and a little bit less at for example organizations such as hospitals so this is why we think from the from that perspective that when you think about which mechanisms to introduce to improve quality focus on safety effectiveness patient centeredness very important and then overall for the health system of course efficiency financial protection all of these issues clearly
0: yeah Brilliant. Thank you. So just kind of moving on, there was a recent series from the observatory on on quality of care. What areas of quality of care did, did the series cover?
1: Yes, we had. A, I, I mentioned very briefly before, like the the big comprehensive study that we did in twenty nineteen, and uh, we it was published in twenty nineteen. But and this means evidence in it is already a little bit older. Um, and then we had the pandemic, uh, which shifted our perspectives quite a bit in many ways. Um, and so what we did was we had a series of three webinars in March twenty twenty two recently um, and we, uh, we we thought we would use one of the most broadly known uh, frameworks for understanding and evaluating quality of care which is an obedience, an obedience triad of uh, structure process and outcome and for each of those three uh, areas, structures, processes, and outcomes, we chose one mechanisms mechanism from the many that are out there um, to focus on um, and to discuss. Also with this idea that it was a webinar series, which also aimed to show the interconnectedness between different mechanisms. So in the first webinar, focusing on structures, we looked at health technology assessment. So the structures being health technologies, um, and, and we, we know that health technology assessment is a multidisciplinary process of determining the value um, of health technologies, particularly uh, with, a, with a view on informing coverage decisions or service provision decisions, and so it has a big role to play in ensuring quality of care. Then in the second webinar, we zoomed in on processes of care and looked at clinical practice guidelines, uh, where we say that these again are statements with recommendations on optimizing patient care that weigh the benefits and harms of alternative options, also based on uh, based available evidence and systematically developed. Um, And then in the final webinar, we looked at the outcomes perspective and one of the mechanisms that mechanisms that leverages um, outcomes to shape uh, and assure quality of care, and that is financial incentives or pay for quality schemes. So we had this, um, these three webinars, and we found really that it was a, a very coherent selection, but at the same time, we really need to point out there are so many different initiatives uh, and mechanisms that um, aim to, to improve quality of care that this was really just indicative in a way, right? Um, In fact, just to say there, I think there is an article published by colleagues at the WHO a couple of years ago that found 128 different uh, mechanisms to improve quality of care, so out of those, more than 100 we had three but yeah you know, it's still uh quite quite in- interesting discussions
0: definitely well I, I actually had no idea that they kind of narrowed down that much but that's that's really interesting so um kind of based on on these uh these this series that you have was there anything particularly surprising about this series anything that jumped out maybe something you hadn't thought about before
1: I think, uh, well, I mean, one thing to say, and I'll come back to the question in a second, is that all of the three webinars are available on the Observatory YouTube channel. So for those who miss them, uh, they can go and take a look um, and we also had really excellent speakers joining us uh, from a range of countries and bringing in country experience and international collaborative experience and we had very active audiences from all over the world which was a, a very interesting insight also for us because we we saw um, different approaches that we didn't were not aware of uh, before I think a lot of things came out that I would say perhaps were not particularly surprising at least not for those who have been working in the area of quality and not for us who work on the comprehensive study, um, but that are definitely food for thought and food for thought for us for future work. Um, So I I, I think first of all is the importance of generating good evidence promptly and using it um, appropriately and effectively. So for all three of the mechanisms that we looked at, the availability of uh, good evidence, be that clinical trials or data generated during routine healthcare practice was really, really paramount for them to function um, and so in this in this understanding the the support for evidence ecosystems robust evidence ecosystems is definitely a priority area for policymakers to to think about The other thing uh, that uh, came across very clearly is the importance of evaluating how different quality mechanisms work over time um, and being able to understand whether they work in the way they were intended um, and accordingly adapt uh, implementation. Um, we have for the for the three that we looked at, for some things are changing anyway, for others a lot of impetus is there for things to change, so this is not... Uh, This is not the same for all mechanisms but clearly important to have evaluation loops let's say always in 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 health uh, and healthcare but here here as well Um, and i think the the other thing is that um, very clearly it came across that to successfully improve quality of care you need not one mechanism because one mechanism will target one area or one uh, specific element or dimension of quality, but you need an overall strategy that also understands how different mechanisms fit together, which challenges they can address, um, and how they can be used. Um, And such a strategy also uh, helps to leverage the synergies between mechanisms. So for example, in our little sample in the webinars, how we can use clinical practice guidelines to develop quality indicators that can then be used for, for incentive programs and with a feedback loop back to clinical practice guidelines. So it's quite, quite, quite interesting, uh, interesting in that respect. And perhaps maybe a, a final thing, uh, we had, and this is something that we live every day at the observatory, but it's always worth mentioning when we see it again. The webinars reminded us yet again how important learning from each other can be. So, we had a a very clear example uh, on the things that worked in one setting, didn't work in another setting uh, for pay for quality, for example. So, it's important to to understand that. And that there is quite a bit of uh, room for for cross-country exchange on good practice and investing in that would definitely be a, a good thing.
0: No, it definitely does sound like a good thing. And uh, just to go back to your very, very first point there, um, we'll obviously be linking to the YouTube uh, clips in the show notes. So anyone who's listening will be able to, to click through and watch those. So um, just moving on to the, the next uh, part. WHO has, has recently opened a new, new quality of care uh, or a new centre, I should add, sorry, on, on quality of care. Um, how does this link to the work of the observatory?
1: Well, I think um, it's uh, first of all my the way I look at it is that the the Center of Excellence for Quality and Patient Safety in Athens is a is a massive step um, in the direction that I was just talking about about exchanging good practice and understanding what works um, in what setting and it brings a lot of hope um, for quality of care in the European region. I think we at the Observatory are really looking forward uh, to work with colleagues in Athens and in particular to. understanding um, how different mechanisms can help improve quality of care and how we can transmit this knowledge to different decision makers to make that happen. Um, Actually, um, our experience so far, particularly with the the comprehensive study that we did, has been that the evidence on the extent to which different quality mechanisms are effective and cost effective is not very strong. There is not a lot of of evidence available. So that too um, is an area where we can we can work together uh with uh, with the Athens office um and the final thing i think um is that um, the observatory is a, is a knowledge broker, so we work with with policymakers and decision makers a lot. Um, and it's crucial to understand, I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again because I see it also in, in relation to the center, that th- one thing that works in one setting will not necessarily work in another setting, and this applies to different countries. It also applies to different organizations within the same country. Uh, so I think the, the Athens Center in particular has a, a very important role to play in helping helping member states realize what it is they need, learn from good practice, but also be able to adapt that to their own context to actually make it work for their for their own needs. So I think we, we're looking forward to the collaboration on, on all these on all these issues.
0: Since opening, the WHO quality of care office in Athens, Greece has been working hard on a range of areas linked to patient safety and quality of care. I caught up briefly with Dr Joao Breda, head of the office and a senior advisor at WHO Europe to find out more about their work in this area.
2: Actually the office was set up here in Greece as part of the response of the regional office um, to the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, by the fact that quality has emerged as more important than ever before. Quality was kind of a bit dormant, we think, has always been part of the discussion, of course, but following the interest of the Greek government and really the European program of work, where health systems uh, are really focused on you know, UHC, that uh, we leave no one behind, and therefore the understanding by the regional director and and by the team involved that really there is no UHC without quality. So you're you're not just talking about any type of care, you're talking about quality, uh, and we're talking about services which are of great quality and services that range from prevention to palliative care in a continuum that really help us improving well-being. In a way, so the office is uh, bringing again the issue of quality to center stage of the discussion around UHC and around uh, health systems transformation in Europe. So it's, it's a lot more capacity. Focus on two main topics. One is really on support to countries. What we do with our uh, the people we serve, the member states and people living in those countries, and there is a lot, there is a lot to be done in terms of improving quality. And we we'll receive many requests, and we are already working with about a dozen of countries in a very intensive and in some cases super intensive way in terms of improving, contributing and collaborating to improvements around the quality of the health systems uh, in those countries. And uh, this is something that uh, the observatory does not do so directly. So they are very much on the policy analysis, on the research and understanding the evidence and bringing the, let's say, uh, scientists and experts together. It's, It's a more, let's say, conceptual and more of a scientific work, if I may say, and our functions are very much complementary. They strengthen each other. There is no competition whatsoever. We are actually collaborating tremendously well, and we are working really towards the same objective, because, uh, of course, we have a different vision, and the strategy is, is of course, different, in our case, is closer to the countries, and really uh, serving uh, those countries as much as we can. And, and uh, eventually, as important, is to focus on innovation. So we want to arson uh, really to capture all the transformations and innovation around digital but also social innovation around healthcare that really had an impact. Beyond telemedicine, we all know that telemedicine has developed. We need to look at its quality. We are doing all of that, but we are really looking into system innovations that can really bring up change uh, in Europe. And I think we are the one only the only ones looking at innovation with such an intensity and with such an interest, with, which makes it really really different. So, in a nutshell, is focusing on country support, but also on on the innovation dimensions. And of course, being a center of excellence, we're also developing all our uh, machinery machinery, and our, uh, let's say, uh, capacity to bring together stakeholders and countries and also the research, and uh, the research, um, let's say, people and academia. We're also trying to develop new approaches, new trends, new frameworks, and therefore making sure that we also have kind of a powerhouse in terms of uh, really the powerhouse of innovation, but to, to excellence and to uh, implementation research as well. So to really also being uh, a scientific, but in an applied mode that countries and stakeholders can look to. So I think that there is a lot of complementarity here.
0: Brilliant, thank you. And maybe just a small follow-up to that, if I may. So, and I know obviously you're a a very new office. Is there anything where you've taken the observatory's sort of uh, expertise, as you say, and and implemented that in a country or provided that to a country, or is that kind of still a work in progress
2: oh yeah absolutely i mean the country office uh, the, the 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 observatory has actually uh produced some of the most outstanding and groundbreaking let's say publications in the area of quality and we look into that and we look into areas where we can collaborate notably we're having a discussion on patient engagement and the involvement of patients in the course of care and their families. So this all this new area of, uh, the relationship with the patients and with the community is very much at the top of the agenda. We are having this conversation with colleagues from the observatory and we are very much using the tools and the frameworks that they have developed to deliver for our countries and for the member states we serve.
0: So now we know a bit more about WHO's and the observatory's work on quality of care and patient safety. What's next for quality of care in Europe? I put this question to Dimi.
1: Yes. So I think, first of all, the Athens Centre work is what's next, I guess, in the the European region. So um, that's... Really, really looking forward to that. Um, and in particular to their to their work on quality for mental health services for for children and adolescents, I think this is one of the new initiatives and really important and needed. Um, in general, I think the pandemic understandably shifted our focus a little bit, or the focus of the policy uh, agenda, a little bit away from quality, and we are now coming back to try and figure out how improving quality can also factor into building the resilient health systems of the future. Uh, so I think this is an area where we will see uh, a lot of work coming forward. I think in addition to the to the Athens Center, we can expect funding also from the European Union towards exactly looking at different quality mechanisms and how they need to be Expanded, adapted uh, for for health system needs. Um, at the observatory, we are going to be launching soon um, a new approach towards uh, health system performance assessment. I talked a little bit in the beginning about how that links directly to, to quality of care. Um, and this is a, an approach, a new framework for health system performance assessment that was developed together with the WHO headquarters. Um, and it's about also furthering the goal of uh, universal health coverage. And so that will be launched in June. So keep an eye out for, for that one. And I think what we also want to do um, is uh, build on our previous work on patient-centeredness, um, which is one of the key areas uh, of quality services as, as we discussed. But let's talk about this one next time. Uh, we still have to, some planning to do there.
0: That's all we have time for. Special thanks to Dimi and Joelle for taking the time to speak with us. If you'd like to find out more about quality of care, you can do so on our website, that's who.int forward slash Europe, or check out the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.